Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Northridge. We're excited that you're here, whether you're hanging out with us in person or watching online. I want everybody to put their right arm in the air real fast, okay? I want you to move it down to your back, and I want you to give yourself a pat on the back, because this is the hardest Sunday of the entire year to get here for, and you did it, and I'm excited about that. Uh, How about that first song? Anybody enjoy that? Yeah, see, that was a test. Most of y'all weren't here for the first song, and I know that. But that's all right. We're glad you made it when you did. I was, I was standing in the back and I was watching and a lot of people look very tired. Okay? There were a few less hands in the air and all that, but there was a visible sway in this room where people were really getting into the music. And, and today when we're losing an hour of sleep, I'm excited about that. And I'm just excited that we get to spend some time together. Today we're launching into a brand new series. And that series is called The Real Jesus. And I want to introduce this series with a story that a lot of you are probably familiar with. It's a story that's been around for over 2,500 years. And it's the story of a group of blind men that heard about an elephant that was being brought into their, their area. And they didn't, they didn't have any experience with the elephant. They had, never, they had never touched one. They didn't really understand the concept of an elephant. And they said, I want to, out of curiosity, I want to touch this elephant so that I can draw some conclusions about its character and who it is and what it is. And so they all approached this elephant, and one grabbed the elephant by the trunk, and he described an elephant as a thick snake. And one grabbed an elephant by the leg, and it said, no, no, an elephant is, is like a tree, a tree stump. And one grabbed the elephant by its side. They said, no, an elephant is like a wall. The last one grabbed the elephant by the tusk and said, no, an elephant is like a spear. Listen, every single one of those characteristics is accurate, but they're not complete, are they? It's only when they combine their experiences together, when they combine all of these characteristics together, that they're able to understand and appreciate the elephant for what it really is. Listen, that's exactly what we're doing throughout this series. Over the next five weeks, we're going to be talking about Jesus, and we're going to be taking an in-depth look at some of the characteristics of Jesus And every single one of these sermons that we're going to preach, every single one of these themes is going to challenge our understanding of Jesus. And it's going to give us a picture, a glimpse of something that's going to draw us closer to him. But what you got to understand is the most important thing is that we hear each and every one of these. And week after week, piece by piece, we combine these experiences together so that we get a complete and accurate picture of the real Jesus. And that's what we're going to be doing throughout this series. Let's start off today with two questions, okay? Two questions. Don't pull out your phone for this unless you're watching on your phone, okay? First question is a fact-based question. How many words are there in the English language? Okay, you can take a guess. It's all right. Just throw out a number. You can put it in the chat. How many words are there in the English language? (laughs) Yeah, we lost an hour of sleep, didn't we? How many words do you think? A hundred? No, it's more than that. 200,000? 300,000? Okay, all right, I'm just going to tell you, okay, the answer is 171,146, okay? Last time I counted, there's 171,146. Now, the second question, maybe this will be easier because it's multiple choice, okay? You have a 1 in 171,000 chance of getting it right. Which word in the English language is the most significant? 
What'd you say? Your name, okay, all right? World revolving, right? <laughs> what else? Jesus, okay, that's a good, love, that's a good one. Did somebody say baseball? I heard somebody say baseball, okay? Purell, okay, that may be one of the most important words of 2021. But listen, I believe, and I would make the case that one of, maybe not the most significant, one of the most significant words in the English language is this word that I'm gonna show you right now. It's with, with. See, it seems so simple. It's a word that we use all the time. It's a word that we often overlook, but it's a word that often signifies the tipping point between absolutely nothing and absolutely everything. See, the moment you add with, there's a bond that's created between two things. And that bond is significant. It's important. It creates life change. It alters the situation completely. Let me give you a couple examples, okay? What about this one? She's with me. At the middle school dance, that's a substantial sentence, right? She's with me. What about this one? I am with child. That changes things, doesn't it? That with creates a bond. It's significant. Everything is different than it was before. What about this one? I'm scared. Will you come with me? See, my four-year-old son in the back right here, his, his fear turns into courage because I am with him. That word changes things. One last one, I'll have a cheeseburger with bacon, okay? That's huge, right? It goes from I'm going to enjoy this burger to I'm going to destroy this burger just with that one word. But let me show you one more example, and this one is bigger than all the others combined, and it demonstrates the power of this word. It's found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, and this is what it says. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. That's what Jesus means. That's what Emmanuel means. See, it's talking about the incarnation. That's what we're referring to here. And the incarnation just simply means that, that Jesus, the Son of God, put on skin. He put on flesh to be with his people. And the truth is the incarnation is the central miracle and the defining truth in our faith and in our world. Let's unpack that a little bit. How many of you are lake people? Anybody? Okay, this is Milledgeville. We're all lake people, okay? They say when you're on the water, whether it's a lake or an ocean, you can judge the size of a ship by the wake that it leaves behind, okay? I think that's probably true. And if that's true, let me tell you what that means. That means the incarnation of Jesus, the physical presence of Jesus in our world is the most substantial thing that has ever happened in the history of the world. We know that by the wake that has been left behind. John Ortberg, he talks about this, and he shares a few examples about the wake left behind by the incarnation of Jesus. Let me read a couple of them to you. He says, education is one of the most significant ones. Love of learning led to monasteries, which became the cradle of academic guilds. Universities such as Cambridge, Oxford, and Harvard, they all began as Jesus-inspired efforts to love God with all one's mind. Get this, the very first legislation to publicly fund education in the colonies was called the Old Deluder Satan Act, under the notion that God does not want any child ignorant. The ancient world loved education but tended to reserve it for the elite. The notion that every child bore God's image helped fuel the move for universal literacy. You see, the incarnation of Jesus, his physical presence in our world changed our world. Here's another example, compassion. 
This is an area that the presence of Jesus revolutionized our world and how it functions. Jesus had a universal concern for those who suffered that transcended the rules of the ancient world. His compassion for the poor and the sick led to institutions for lepers, the beginning of modern-day hospitals. The Council of Nyssa decreed that wherever a cathedral existed, there must be a hospice, a place of caring for the sick and the poor. He says that's why even today hospitals have names like Good Samaritan, Good Shepherd, or St. Anthony. They were the world's very first charitable organizations that were based on volunteers. Listen, the list goes on and on. We can talk about a lot of different things that the presence of Jesus has created and changed in our world. But get this, there's one more that is even more substantial than all of these. There's one more thing that the presence of Jesus created in our world that absolutely revolutionized our world in a way that's even bigger and more significant than all of these things. And the Bible spells it out for us. In John chapter 1, verse 18, it says this about the presence of Jesus. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. You see, what it says right here is important It says that because of the presence of Jesus, we have the ability to know God. We get to look into who God is. We get to know his characteristics. We get to know his personality. We get to understand deep truths about him that were not evident in any other way. The presence of Jesus brought clarity to who God is. That's my sermon in a sentence. Let's put it up here. The presence of Jesus brings clarity to God. It's through Jesus, and it's only through Jesus that we can fully understand and appreciate who God is. Listen, today what I'm wanting to do is that I'm wanting to look at a few different characteristics that we learn about God through the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand that these aren't small things. These are life-giving and life-changing things that will make an eternal impact in your life. Here's the first thing that the incarnation teaches us about God. It's simply this, that God is love. God is love. You see, first and foremost, the incarnation of Jesus exposes God's unbelievable and unconditional love for us. We don't get to see a lot of examples of love like this in our world today. You see, I heard a story about a young girl who was dating this boy, and she gave him a framed picture of herself. And on the back, it said, I love you with all of my heart. I will love you for the rest of my life. And then underneath that, it said, P.S., if we ever break up, I want this picture back. It's the only copy that I have. (laughs) See, that's more in line with the kind of love we experience in this world, isn't it? See, we have marriages that only last for a little while. We have friendships that are here today and they're gone tomorrow. We have objects that we absolutely love at Christmas time, but here we are in March and we don't even know where they are. But God's love is different than all of that. How do we know that? We know that by looking at Jesus. See, John 3.16 says this. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Listen, Jesus is a gift from God that brings about hope. Jesus left his throne in heaven to come to our world where he walked among the most difficult parts of our world. He, 
He taught, he healed, he pointed people towards God, and then he allowed himself to be crucified on a cross to repair what we broke, to tear down the wall that our sin, our rebelliousness, our choices created. He eliminated all of that. Why? Because he is the embodiment of God's unconditional love. Listen, if you've ever felt unworthy, if you've ever felt unloved, if you've ever felt forgotten, I want you to realize that the only thing you have to do is look to Jesus and you'll understand that you are loved and you are fought for and you are purchased with a price. Listen, religion is often associated with guilt and shame. See, I imagine there's probably some people in this room right now that grew up in traditions that highlighted those characteristics of God, that he's all about guilt, he's all about shame, he's all about putting a burden on your shoulders. That's, that's why those experiences are why a lot of people in my generation are walking away from the church and saying, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that anymore. That's why a lot of people, listen, within our own church, sit down and talk with me and they share their sins, they share their struggles, they share their past and the things that they've been through, and then they ask, am I still welcome to be a part of this church? I always want to look at them and I want to say, listen, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past, God's love isn't conditional and neither is ours. We're following in his footsteps and we hope that when you're in this place, you experience God's love in a powerful, life-changing way. Listen, God's love, God is love. He is not shame. He desires a relationship with us that's built on something that's so much more powerful and so much more life-giving than shame. One of my favorite authors, Bob Goff, he says it this way. He says, if you're not hearing the name beloved whispered over your shoulder when you do a major face plant or setback, it's not Jesus doing the talking. And I love that. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter what your past says about you. God is love. We are unworthy, but his love is unconditional. We are broken, but his love is perfect. And we know that by looking at Jesus. Here's the second thing we learn about God through the incarnation. It's that God is near. Not only does he love us unconditionally, but he is close by. He is with us. You see, religion often paints a picture of God as being distant and removed. It often paints a picture of God as as being um, too distant to experience feeling or empathy. They, They paint a picture of him as unapproachable or unconcerned. Listen, even Job in the Old Testament, he makes this accusation against God. In Job chapter 10, verse 4, he says this to God, Do you have eyes of flesh? Do you see as a mortal sees? You see, in his pain and in his hardship and in his frustration, Job declared, God, you cannot understand me. And you cannot understand the pressure I'm facing in this world. The truth is, I bet some of you have probably felt or thought or even voiced prayers just like this. Or you've thought to yourself, God, there's no way that you can understand the financial pressures that I'm dealing with right now. God, there's absolutely no way that you can understand the anxiety that I feel in my heart, the weight of caring for others, the weight of this relationship, the weight of the pain that I'm experiencing. Here's what you need to understand. Jesus is the answer to Job's accusation and to ours. Jesus felt hunger. He felt thirst. He felt temptation. 
He felt anxiety, he felt ridicule, and he felt hopelessness. He experienced pain, loss, and death. He voluntarily walked through the most difficult parts of our world. And he did it so that you and I would never have to walk through it alone. We have a God that demonstrates love through empathy. God is near. Psalm 34, 18. It says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 145, 18, it says this. It says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Listen, this was written before Jesus was brought to this world in incarnate fashion. They understood it before Jesus, but man, they can experience it in a new way through Jesus. He is the embodiment of God's desire to be with his people. Listen, where we used to live, several years ago, I was talking to a young woman, and she had started working at this daycare center, and she was telling me about the worst day she had ever had at work. And I'm imagining with a bunch of two and three-year-olds, there's a lot of bad days to pick from. But she said there's one particular bad day that stood out to her. She said it was a day that she was taking the class outside and it was time to go in. She was bringing them all inside. And she said there was one little girl that was straggling behind. And all of a sudden that little girl decided, I don't want to go in that room with you. She decided and said she wanted to run laps around the playground. And so she started run away and the teacher panicked and chased after her. And she was going to grab that kid and bring her into the room with everybody else. But something completely different happened. Instead, she chased after that kid and the other kids decided to gang up on her. (laughs) They closed the door. And somehow they locked the door. And all of a sudden, the teacher is caring for one child instead of the other 13 that she's responsible for. And that teacher is all of a sudden in a place of desperation where she said, I was willing to do absolutely anything to get in that door. She said, I would have learned how to pick a lock. I would have dug a tunnel underneath it. All of a sudden, I realized not only is my job on the line, but so is the safety of all of these children. She said, I tried to knock it down. I was going to do absolutely anything to get through that door so that I could be with my students again. Listen, that paints such a beautiful picture because our sin has separated us from God. Our rebelliousness, the choices that we've made to turn against his plan for our lives and go towards our own desires have closed the door and locked it, separating us from him. But everything about Jesus, from the manger to the cross and to the tomb, they all demonstrate the extreme measures God is willing to take to be near his people again. Listen, maybe you don't feel very near God today. Maybe your faith is in a a dry and difficult place. Maybe you're going through some hardship that's causing you to say, I just don't feel that connection with God in this season. I want you to understand that God is available and he is near. The incarnation of Jesus proves how deeply he desires to be with you. And his presence with us changes everything about us. Listen, God is love, God is near. There's one more thing that I want you to understand that's proven by the incarnation of Jesus. It's this, nothing is impossible with God. Listen, even before his birth, 
an angel appeared to Mary to announce the incarnation of Jesus. He announced all of the things that were about to happen through Mary as Jesus came into the world, but he summarized all of the things that were about to happen in this way. Luke chapter 1, verse 37, he says, For nothing will be impossible with God. Jesus is the proof that nothing is impossible with God. He says nothing. He says not your job situation, not your family dynamic, not that broken relationship, not that diagnosis, not that child who has gone astray. He says nothing will be impossible with God. Listen, the birth of Jesus is a demonstration of God's unrestricted power and love. Jesus was a living breathing, walking example of the truth that nothing will ever be impossible with God. Whatever it is that you're facing, God is more. Whatever challenges you encounter, God is stronger. Whatever mistakes you have made, God can overcome them all. Do you believe that? Because if you recognize that in Jesus, it will change you from the inside out. Listen, the presence of Jesus brings clarity to God, and that clarity brings about a new life for you and for me. I want to end in this way. How many of you wear glasses? My daughter got glasses recently. She's 10 years old. And I took her, and, and while I'm watching her read these, these letters on the wall, she can't read any of them. And all of a sudden, I felt like a terrible parent that didn't pick up on the fact that my kid can't see anything that's farther away than this. And so they put her in glasses, not just any glasses, but some thick glasses so that she could see the things that were in front of her. And I remember we had to wait a few days for the glasses to be ready. And so when those glasses were ready, we rushed over to the store. I picked her up early so that I could get her over there. And I'll never forget the ride home. As we're riding home, she started to say things like, I can see that sign. Did you know that they're having a sale on mattresses? Like she was amazed. Did you know they sell cheeseburgers here? Like she was watching everything. She talked to me yesterday and she said, you know, I I didn't understand as I was laying in my room and I had these LED lights and all of it. She said, I I didn't realize how how focused they were. I thought it was just a beam of light that came out. She said, "I I can read things. I don't have to sit at the front of the class anymore. All of a sudden, all the things that were broken that I didn't know were broken are now fixed. Listen, those lenses gave her a clear picture of what she was looking at so she could experience life differently. That's what Jesus provides for us. He's the lens by which we look at God and the picture of God becomes clear because of what we see in Jesus. My daughter's teacher is the one who turned us on to the fact that there was probably a problem. She said there's signs that there's a problem. There's signs that she can't see. She has to sit right up close She keeps asking for me to say things out loud because she can't read them on the board. I believe in some of our lives, there's probably signs that we don't have a clear picture of God. There's weight that we carry around that we don't have to carry around. There's struggles that we go through that he wants to help us through. All those signs point to the fact that we need to look through Jesus to see the real picture of God. When we do, it's gonna transform us from the inside out. It's my desire that you would experience God in a new way today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the picture we have of who you are because of who Jesus was. 
God, I thank you so much that we get to experience your love and your closeness and your power all through the things that Jesus did in his short time on earth. God, I pray that those things wouldn't just be knowledge that we acquire, but God, that those things would be the kinds of things that transform us from the inside out. God, things that change us, that change how we interact with one another, that change how we interact with you, that change how we live our lives. God, I pray that more and more every day we get a more complete and clear picture of who you are. God, reveal yourself to us. We will be amazed by who you are. God, use that that new experience with you to transform our lives and the lives of the people in this community and the world around us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, if you're in this room and you feel like, I just need to experience God in this way. Maybe you've had some experiences in your life with religion that have changed the way you look at God and you're hearing some things that are challenging the way you've experienced him before. I want you to know we're going to have some people up here at the front that want to talk to you and pray with you about experiencing God in a whole new way. Maybe you're at a place where you say, no, you talked about God's love and I just need to experience it. I need to touch God's love in a new way. Maybe it was his closeness and you say, I I need to feel that. I need to experience it. Help me to understand how he's close to me and how to feel his presence more and more every day. Maybe you're at a place where you say, I've got a burden on my shoulders that I just need to place in his hands so that he can use his power to overcome the things that have been holding me back. Listen, whatever God's placing on your heart, there's gonna be people here that wanna talk to you. We're gonna be singing a song. I just want you to experience God in these next few moments. Y'all stand up and let's sing. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.